welcome to This Week in Video Games, episode 30. My name's Tom Kershaw, and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. So this week, I've been playing Remnant from the Ashes and Ori in the Blind Forest. Also this week, we've had Gamescom 2019 in Germany with Death Stranding gameplay, Sony buys Insomniac, and Cyberpunk 2077 is coming to Google Stadia. So it's a jam-packed show. Let's get to it. Welcome to the show everyone, I hope you're well and you're having a good week. I'm good this week and it's toasty hot here in London this week. It's 32 degrees here in London today and we're on a bank holiday weekend which means a day off tomorrow. I hope you're all having a good bank holiday weekend, enjoying the sun and your time off. It's a fantastic day today as England have just won the Ashes Test Match, heading in Leeds in the most amazing fashion. Shades of the recent World Cup final with Ben Stokes at the crease. It's the highest ever run chase for England to win a test match. And we had the Ashes on the line. Australia needed only one wicket to retain the Ashes, which is a rare victory on English soil. But Ben Stokes and England held out and won with an unbelievable run chase. So congrats to the boys and the series is now level 1-1. It's also been a great week of gaming, so let's have a look at what I've been playing this week. So this week, I've been playing Remnant from the Ashes, a new third-person survival action game from Gunfire Games. So there's been a little bit of hype over this game, with a lot of streamers I follow picking it up and playing the game, so I thought I'd give it a go, and I'm certainly glad that I did. There's elements of Dark Souls here, mixed with looting and shooting mechanics. I'll get into the review in a little bit. Also this week, Ori and the Blind Forest was announced for Nintendo Switch at Gamescom 2019. And this is the second collaboration with Nintendo and Microsoft, with previously Cuphead coming to Nintendo Switch early in April of this year. So now Ori and the Blind Forest is finally coming to Nintendo Switch and it's an absolutely perfect fit. So to celebrate this announcement, I thought I'd play through Ori and the Blind Forest as I've had it for some time on PC, but I hadn't got around to playing it. So now is the perfect time to celebrate or in the Blind Forest, so I'll be reviewing that game later in the podcast. And we've had a big week of news this week with Gamescom 2019 happening this week in Cologne in Germany with some new announcements, gameplay and thousands of fans getting their hands on games which are coming out in the coming weeks and months. So big shout out to my colleague Julia who went out there and Julia, I hope you had a fantastic time and played lots of awesome new games. So looking forward to hearing from you how you got on and what you played. But first up this week, let's take a look at Remnant from the Ashes. You believe it's dead. It's not. You give all you got. It's got more. You pause to think. It won't. We live in an age where games have long marketing cycles, so you'll know every detail of the characters, every weapon, maybe even play a beta test where you'll comb every inch of the map. However, 
Sometimes games come out of nowhere to surprise us, and Remnant from the Ashes is a great example of this. Remnant mashes together some successful ideas of other games to provide a refreshing cocktail of a game. There are elements of Souls-like games here with exploration of an overworld, a third-person view, and challenging boss battles. Mix that up with an over-the-shoulder shooter like Gears of War and the loot gathering of a game like Destiny, then you have an interesting prospect in your hands. Remnant from the Ashes is from Gunfire Games, creators of Darksiders 3. The studio did a great job in marketing the game, as more often than not these days, creating a good game is only one piece of the puzzle. With discoverability such an issue these days, they recruited some top streamers to play and talk about the game, and the general feeling of the community has been a positive one. So I heard about the game this way myself, and for much of the week, the game has been top or near the top of the Steam sales charts. The basic premise of the game is you're a character set in a post-apocalyptic world overrun by monsters. The world takes inspiration from Fallout or Metro, the environments are barren, the overworld is danger-filled. The evil root of taking control of the overworld and want to smash, kill and perhaps eat anything that gets in their way. At the start of the game you get to build a character and once you're done you're placed in a dark world. Immediately set upon by the root, the game gives you a nice tutorial with the controls and lets you know what type of game this is going to be. The controls are fairly simple and intuitive, you attack, dodge and interact. You'll battle a few root to get to grips with the controls, but soon you're overrun and knocked out. You wake up in the main base of the survivors and give an explanation and walk through the vendors. Your character is made up of a class who then has weapons, armour, class traits and weapon mods. So there's three classes to choose from in the game, with Hunter, Scrapper and an Ex-Cultist. The Hunter's your standard long-range class with weapons that allow you to hit enemies from afar. The Scrapper is your close-range melee class with a focus on heavy DPS. And finally you've got the Ex-Cultist, who's got a good balance between mid-range DPS and close-quarters melee combat. There's a range of weapons to collect and upgrade. As the ex-cultist in my playthrough, I started out with a scrap hammer, a repeater pistol, and a shotgun. Each weapon has a mod slot, allowing to add extra abilities to your character, and these mod items can be mixed and matched with your weapons and playstyle to further specialise later in the game. You can start out general, but as you progress and collect items and mods, you can be much more specific to whatever style suits you. This system provides a depth to the game and freedom to pick and choose the way you work your way through the challenges ahead. One of the best features of the game is the procedurally generated levels and randomization. At the start of the playthrough, the game Remnant generates the world, items and bosses in a random manner, meaning that each player will have a slightly different experience from the other. Comparing my playthrough to that of other streamers playing the game, I encountered items and bosses in a different order. It's a well-executed mechanic and lives up to the promise of a unique experience per player. The dynamically generated elements in the game allow for interesting unique playthroughs, but they're not isolated to the level layout or the boss sequencing. It also applies to quests and items too. For example, there's a vendor with a specific item that allows you to mod your player to make healing easier. This isn't necessarily in other playthroughs which offers up a unique angle for the game. Also, Remnant from the Ashes is tough. If you enjoy From Software games like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, then you'll understand this challenge. If you haven't played these games, then Remnant is likely to be a little bit of a shock to the system. The good thing about Remnant is it gets you back into the action very quickly. For example, 
if you're fighting a boss and then die. In other games, you might be taken way back or you have to battle your way to the boss again. Here in Remnant, you're thrown right back in the action with checkpoints just before the challenging boss battles. It keeps you engaged and throws you right back into the high-intensity action nice and quickly. It's a small tweak, but an important one as it keeps the flow going whilst your heart is racing. Remnant offers a variety in environments as well, as survivors have unlocked the technology to travel to different realms and dimensions. There's broken cities, jungles and deserts, offering up a variety of environments to traverse and loot. Another good feature of the game is co-op mode, where you can play through with friends or strangers. In total, you can have a party of three by adding two friends in either private or public matchmaking. Mixing and matching class types here and finding the right balance is fun. The game can be played solo, but it's nice to be able to add extra players to the party. Beware though, as the game scales up in difficulty to the highest level player in the party. Remnant makes it easy to add players, and the multiplayer mode is smooth and simple. The quick elevator pitch for Remnant from the Ashes is Dark Souls with Guns. While that may be accurate, there's a depth to the game that keeps the player engaged and challenged throughout. The weapons, the armour and the mod system provide specialisation systems which allow the players to hone their playstyle to be really specific. The procedurally generated levels will keep you guessing and provides variety that will keep you coming back. Bosses are fun and challenging and no doubt you'll be shouting and screaming as a huge beast runs towards you when all you have is a simple melee weapon. Remnant from the Ashes has successfully managed to blend mechanics of other games to provide an entertaining game which is well worth your time and attention. So the game was developed by Gunfire Games, it's available on PC, PS4 and Xbox One and was originally released on the 20th of August 2019 and I gave the game a final score of 83 out of 100. So what did you think about Remnant from the Ashes? Send me an email on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com I'd love to hear what you thought of it. Okay, so that's it for Remnant from the Ashes and big news coming out of Gamescom this week is that Ori and the Blind Forest is going to be released for Nintendo Switch. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I went back this week to play Ori and the Blind Forest. So let's check out that review. Looks can be deceiving. From the first glimpse of Ori and the Blind Forest, you may think this is a cute platformer. But hiding underneath the beautiful surface is a challenging Metroidvania that will test the most skilled out there. 
Ori in the Blind Forest is stunning. The gorgeous artwork and the wonderful music will tug on your emotions as much as challenge your hand-to-eye coordination. At the start of the game, we're introduced to Naru. He's a lovely creature, almost like a big bear. He lives in the forest and uh, eats fruit and generally enjoys life and what the world offers. We're then introduced to Ori, a bright feline-like sprite of the forest, and the two hit it off. Enjoying each other's company, they spend their days eating, sleeping and living out their days in each other's company. Then tragedy. The forest starts to die and Ori is left alone to figure out how to restore the forest to its former glory. It's a hard-hitting start that will tweak on the heartstrings and I'm not afraid to admit, brought a tear to my eye. A Metroidvania game is at the heart of Ori where you head out to explore, uncover new areas of the map, power up abilities and save the forest. The environments in the game are gorgeous in art style, but full of danger in gameplay. There are moments in the game where you may want to simply look at the beautiful artwork, and together with the music, the game engages you and then smacks you in the face with the challenging gameplay. It's a fantastic combination. As you progress through the game, Ori powers up abilities through interactions with sacred trees. There's a relatively complex skill tree allowing you to choose your path for Ori and focusing where you want to get more powerful next. You start with a simple weapon, but as you go, you'll transform delicate little Ori into a powerhouse. Opening up new skills allows Ori to traverse the environment in new ways with wall jumps, boosts and ground pounds. The map will open up to you in a classic Metroidvania style with areas locked off at first, open through exploration and new abilities unlocked. Ledges may be just out of reach without a boost or a wall jump. Controls and character movement in Ori is a wonderful feeling. Fluid, fast and responsive with a great feel only to complement the game design, visuals and audio. Don't be fooled though, because Ori is a challenging game and stands up tall to challenges in the genre. Soul links are an interesting mechanic in the game. Whereas you may find save points in other games, here you create them with ability points found in the forest. You'll need them too, because the forest is full of nasty things that are out there to kill you over and over again. The soul links add in a layer of strategy to the game which makes you stop and think. Early in the game you won't have enough resources to create the save points, so you have to pick and choose carefully. Later in the game, as the difficulty ramps up and the resources become plentiful, you'll be glad. As you power up your soul link you can layer abilities on top of it, such as recovery, which definitely helps out in the tougher moments when you need it most. The abilities unlocked in Ori as you progress through the game are immediately used and the game teaches you when it comes to abilities through repetition and urgency. Rather than using newly learned skills to simply get to a new area, the game will make you repeat the action over and over again until the new skill is second nature and this learning by doing which trains you to traverse through the forest and avoid the dangers with pinpoint accuracy and skill. Ultimately, it leads to a very gratifying experience and one that will leave you flying around the levels with momentum and satisfaction. The gameplay loop in Ori feels great. It doesn't set you up like some other games. There's a freedom, not only in movement, but in abilities too, which feels good. Once you get into the rhythm with Ori, you'll bounce off the top of an enemy, double jump and boost up a wall and then shoot another. It's a game that will leave you with a smile on your face, not just because of the art, it's the feeling. The set pieces in Ori are heart-pounding and exciting. Getting to the end of an area, running through an escape sequence will challenge you and repetition and learning are the tools that are required to finish off these zones as you bounce up the walls, 
escape rising water levels and use precision timing and abilities to save your skin. These moments are some of the best in the game and will leave you with your heart in your mouth. There's an emotive nature to the game with a hard-hitting start, the combination of amazing orchestral music and character animations found in Ori and the Blind Forest. The developers Moon Studios have done a wonderful job in creating a connection with the main character and the player and you'll be rooting for little Ori to figure out what's happening to the forest, why it's dying and what you can do to revive the environment and restore the forest back to its lush state. It's not all good however. Yes it's beautiful and sounds awesome but battles with enemies can feel a little bit cumbersome and fights and abilities can feel a bit repetitive as you can fall back on tactics which don't reward player skill, rather reward button mashing over timing. Ori in the Blind Forest is a gorgeous game that's challenging, it's fun and hooks you with a heartwarming story. There's enough here to challenge the seasoned pro among you, but it doesn't stop you in your tracks with ridiculous difficulty. Satisfying, beautiful to look at and listen to, Ori and the Blind Forest is worthy of your hard-earned money and will offer you a rewarding experience. Originally an exclusive for Microsoft platforms, the game is also coming to Nintendo Switch on the 27th of September 2019. So as we mentioned, the game was developed by Moon Studios. It's available for Xbox One, PC and Nintendo Switch coming soon. It was originally released on March the 11th, 2015 on PC and Xbox and it's going to be released on Nintendo Switch on September the 27th, 2019. And I gave the game a final score of 85 out of 100. What did you think of Ori in the Blind Forest? Let me know on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com or tweet me on Twitter at TWIVGpodcast. I'd love to hear what you thought of Ori. And uh, also let me know if you're excited about Ori in the Blind Forest coming to Nintendo Switch. And uh, we've also got Ori and the Will of the Wisps coming out in February 2020, so it's not too far away. So if you're fans of Ori, let me know on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com. I'd love to hear from you. So if you're enjoying This Week in Video Games podcast, then head on over to iTunes and leave us a nice review. It really helps get the word out about the podcast, so if you've got access to iTunes, then I'd really appreciate if you head on over to iTunes, click that star rating, and left us a nice review. And don't forget, This Week in Video Games has a YouTube channel that goes alongside with the podcast. And the YouTube channel's got the entire archive of the podcast, as well as dedicated reviews, interviews and features, and a lot of how-to videos too. So search This Week in Video Games on YouTube and subscribe today for all the latest content. And if you want to see anything specific on YouTube, send me an email to podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com. It'd be great to hear from you. Next up, let's take a look at the news of the week. So lots of Gamescom 2019 news this week and first up Death Stranding gameplay was shown with Hideo Kojima uh, joined fans at Gamescom this week and revealed some new gameplay footage of his upcoming game Death Stranding where a few characters were given introduction trailers including Mama who gives birth to one of the babies in Death Stranding and Mama is separated from her baby who's on the other side but what that actually means we don't really know quite yet. There was another trailer for Dead Man and Bridge Baby and here the characters lay out the plans for the babies and how they act as the mechanic in the game. Kojima also revealed his friend Jeff Keighley is in the game, playing a character named Luden Fans. So we see a 
brief introduction to traversal, delivery and character interactions as the main character Sam scales a mountainside to deliver supplies to an isolated prepper. So in the clip, the main character Sam, he did a delivery. He also urinates on the ground, so Death Stranding has a peeing mechanic, uh, which is quite strange. It looks like peeing on the ground revealed growing mushrooms, and it also highlighted some of the gameplay travelling around the environment. So, super weird stuff there, and uh, we don't really expect anything less from Hideo Kojima. But really, really exciting, and it looks like he's kind of taken off the gloves and gone full-blown weird. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to Death Stranding. It's coming out on the 8th of November 2019. And if you want to see all those clips um, with the in introduction trailers, including one for Mama, we've got Dead Man and Bridge Baby, and also the uh, traversal and uh, the gameplay, and head on over to thisweekinvideogames.com, type in Death Stranding, and uh, check out the video in the latest link at the top of the page. So next up, Cyberpunk 2077, among other games, is coming to Google Stadia. So CD Projekt Red announced that Cyberpunk 2077 is coming to Google Stadia, the cloud-based gaming platform from Google. So gamers are going to be able to enjoy the immersive first-person RPG, its mature narrative, the cutting-edge visuals across dozens of supported devices. So Cyberpunk 2077, if you don't know, it's an open-world game action-adventure set in Night City, a metropolis obsessed with power, glamour and body modification. So you play as V, a mercenary outlaw, going after a one-of-a-kind implant that is the key to immortality. You can customise your character's cyberware, skill sets and playstyle and explore a vast city where your choices shape the story and the world around you. So super, super exciting. And the hype is definitely, definitely building as we saw Keanu Reeves at E3 2019 earlier this year. And uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is released on April the 16th, 2020. So it's coming out for PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and now Google Stadia. Though it says here Google Stadia version will launch the same year, and additional details will be available at a later date. So it's not quite clear yet if the Google Stadia version is going to come out on April 16th, 2020. Although reading that statement, it looks like it won't. So that's interesting stuff there. So, together with Cyberpunk 2077, there's a lot more games have been confirmed for Google Stadia. And uh, Google Stadia ran their Stadia Connect uh, livestream at Gamescom 2019 earlier this week and announced Borderlands 3, we've got Doom Eternal, Rage 2, Elder Scrolls Online, Wolfenstein, Destiny 2, obviously, Farming Simulator 19, uh, we've got Baldur's Gate 3, uh, Orcs Must Die 3, Football Manager, uh, Samurai Showdown, Final Fantasy 15. We've got a lot of Tomb Raider games as well. Um, Dark Tiders Genesis, Destroy All Humans, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Just Dance, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Division 2, Trials Rising, The Crew 2, and Watch Dogs Legion. So loads of top games there. They didn't come out with many exclusive games, but Google are showing there that Google Stadia is going to have all the big new top games. So Borderlands 3, Destiny 2, Cyberpunk 2077. They're three huge big games. And uh, having the ability to play those on the go or when you're traveling through any um, Chrome browser is going to be super, super exciting. I'm really, really interested to see how Google Stadia turns out. I'm not entirely sold yet. I'm, I had my finger hovering over the button, uh, the, the purchase button the other day on Google's website. I was thinking, should I get the early kind of founders pack for Google Stadia? I haven't quite decided yet, but I do like that idea of playing Destiny 2 when I'm traveling because I do tend to travel from London to Glasgow to various other places around uh, around the country, around the world. So 
yeah, it's, uh, it's tantalising stuff to be able to play these games on the go. But how's it going to hold up with, uh, with the internet connections that we have at the minute? Is the infrastructure there? I'm, I'm not really sure myself. But um, yeah, the finger still hovers over that purchase button. Google, what are you going to do to make me click that button? So yeah, let me know on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com. Next up, Sony by Spider-Man developer Insomniac Games. And Sony dropped the bomb during Jeff Keighley's presentation at Gamescom earlier this week. And uh, Sony said they've made another acquisition with Insomniac Games. So they worked together to bring Spider-Man to PS4 in an exclusive title in 2018. So originally reported by Kotaku, Insomniac Games is now going to become an exclusive developer for Sony, working on titles for PlayStation. They've worked on a number of titles in their partnership with Sony. However, Spider-Man was their most successful, selling approximately 13 million copies of the game to date. So in a statement from Sony, they say Insomniac Games is one of the most highly acclaimed development studios in the industry, and their legacy of best-in-class storytelling and gameplay is unparalleled. We've enjoyed a strong collaborative partnership with the studio for many years and are thrilled to officially welcome them to the Worldwide Studios family, says Sean Layden, uh, who's the chairman of Worldwide Studios. So... There's no details yet on what they're working on, but no doubt they're going to be working on titles for PS5. Um, With Microsoft making acquisitions um, of their own to bolster their first-party development for Xbox titles, Sony has taken the opportunity to snap up a developer who they've had a successful partnership with so far. And uh, with Microsoft sniffing around other developers at the minute, you know, there may have been a conversation saying, "Oh, hey, Insomniac, how's it going? Are you, you know, are you happy with your partnership with Sony?" And uh, I would imagine Sony came in, um, if they'd have heard of any, you know, any whispers like that, they were like, nope, you know, Insomniac, um, (laughs) you're working for us. (laughs) Anyway, they dropped that announcement during Gamescom, and that's a big one, as uh, obviously um, Spider-Man for PS4 was one of the biggest games of 2018. So congratulations to Insomniac Games and to Sony as well, and we're looking forward to what they're going to produce in the future. Next up, Ori and the Blind Forest is coming to Nintendo Switch and Nintendo kicked off their presence at Gamescom earlier in the week with an indie showcase and they detailed a number of new indie titles coming to Nintendo Switch and one of those was Ori and the Blind Forest uh, which we talked about early in the podcast. So Ori and the Blind Forest is the definitive edition and it's coming to Nintendo Switch on the 27th of September 2019 and uh, continues the productive partnership with Microsoft following Cuphead and that came to Nintendo Switch earlier this year, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast. And uh, I know there's been rumblings as well from Microsoft saying this is it. You know, this is this is the extent of the Microsoft exclusive titles that are going to go to Nintendo Switch. We've had Minecraft, we've had Cuphead, now we've got Ori and the Blind Forest. It'll be interesting to see if Ori and the Will of the Wisps comes to Nintendo Switch early earlier on in the life cycle. Because obviously... Ori's been out for uh, nearly four years now, so it's quite a long time. But it is going to make the perfect game for Nintendo Switch. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of other games announced as well. And Hotline Miami, the package, that was released on the same day. Uh, So you can go over to Nintendo Switch right now and uh, pick that up. But yeah, really exciting stuff there. And some new indies for Nintendo Switch. A little bit disappointed that CrossCode hasn't been given a release date for Nintendo Switch yet. Every time I see an indie announcement for Nintendo Switch, I'm thinking, come on, CrossCode, when are you coming to Nintendo Switch? But uh, that was announced back in February that it was coming, but uh, we haven't heard anything yet. So maybe that isn't going to be coming in 2019, not sure, but definitely looking forward to CrossCode when that comes out. 
Well, that's it for the news this week. Next up, let's have a look at the charts. So at 10 this week, we've got Minecraft PlayStation Edition. That's up five places from number 15 last week. Number 9 this week, it's Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. That's up one place from 10. Number 8 this week, it's Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. That's up five places from last week's number 13. Number 7 this week, it's Minecraft again. That's uh, um, up two places from number 9. This one's on Nintendo Switch. Number 6, it's Red Dead Redemption 2. That's up two places from last week's number 8. Number 5 this week, it's F1 2019. That's up one place from last week's number 6. Number 4 this week, it's Grand Theft Auto 5. And that's up one place from number 5. Three this week, it's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is holding steady from last week. And again, holding steady from last week, it's Super Mario Maker 2 in at number 2. And holding there at number 1, it's Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. And uh, no new entries in the charts this week, which is really, really surprising. Super Mario Maker 2 still doing well. It looks to be one of the games of the summer. And uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I'm starting to think that it's never ever in my lifetime going to be released from the top (laughs) ten. Well, that's it for the charts this week. Next up, let's take a look at what we've got coming up next week. And next week, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, we have a lot of games. The 27th is super packed. We've got Ancestors, the Humankind Odyssey coming out on PC. Arizona Sunshine, the damn DLC that's coming out on PC, VR, and PSVR as well. We've got The Bard's Tale 4, that's the Director's Cut, coming out on PS4 and Xbox One. We've got Control, that's coming out on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Taste of Power, that's coming out on PC. And we've got World of Warcraft Classic, finally coming to PC. That's going to be super, super exciting. We've got Wreckfest, that's uh, PS4 and Xbox One. On the 28th, we've got Headspun, that's coming out on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. We've got Monster Sanctuary, that's coming out on PC. And another busy one on the 29th, we've got Bubsy, Paws on Fire, that's coming out on Nintendo Switch. We've got Heave Ho, that's coming out on PC and Switch. And Just Cause 4, Danger Rising DLC, that's PC, PS4, and Xbox One. We've got Renzo Racer, that's coming out on PC, PSVR, that's on the 29th. Then on the 30th, we've got Astral Chain coming out on the Switch. It looks super, super exciting. We've got Blair Witch coming out on PC and Xbox. We've got the Dark Pictures Anthology, Man of Medan, that's coming out on PC, PS4 and Xbox One. We've got Remothered, Tormented Fathers coming out on Switch. Root Letter, Last Answer coming out on PS4 and Switch, that's in the EU. So loads of games there coming out this week. And uh, it looks like the game release cycle is ramping up because we've got September at the end of next week. And you know September is going to be a big month for game releases. And uh, yeah, so in that list we've got Control on August 27th. That looks really good. Really looking forward to that one. Uh, we've got Astral Chain as well. Really, really exciting. Um, yeah, super looking forward to Astral Chain. So yeah, Control and Astral Chain there are in my list for what I think I'm going to check out next week. And uh, let me know what you think about what's coming up and what are you going to buy this week in the games that are coming out. Send me an email on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com. I would love to hear from you. Well, that's it for this week's episode. If you want to get involved in the show, then email me on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com or check out the latest on the website. Send in your questions, your comments, and your video game stories. I'm always interested in hearing from you and what you are playing. I'm also available on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram to search This Week in Video Games. 
on your favourite platform and join in the conversation. If you want to support This Week in Video Games, then head on over to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games. In exchange for supporting the show, you'll get shout-outs, Discord access, exclusive Patreon content polls, special design podcast scripts and stickers. And if you enjoy This Week in Video Games, then sign up to Patreon. It would be wonderful to see you there. So I am off on holiday for the next two weeks, and uh, I'm, I'm really sad to uh, not be doing the podcast for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I love talking to you and chatting about video games on the weekend, but I am off on a well-deserved break. I haven't been on holiday since April. Yeah, it's been a hard slog for the last few months. been lots going on, um, but super, super exciting times in gaming, and I've really, really enjoyed the last few months. And this is episode 30, so I want to give a shout-out to everyone who's uh, joined me along the way in the journey of the podcast. I've really, really enjoyed doing it, and uh, it's super, super fun. But yeah, as I say, I'm taking a couple of weeks off and going on a little tour of the UK, actually, which is quite interesting. Normally with holidays, uh, I tend to go off. I go to Greece. I've been to the United States recently in Canada and uh, Brazil earlier in the year. But this time, I'm going to Dublin for the first time ever. I've never been to Ireland before. Really looking forward to meeting um, the locals in Dublin. It's going to be a super fun time. Then I'm going to Edinburgh and I'm going to check out Edinburgh Castle and things like that. So, yeah, I'll keep you all updated on my progress. Uh, But for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to dig out something in the archives and maybe put together a little highlights package for the podcast. So no podcast for the next couple of weeks. But I will be back on Sunday, the 15th of September, where we're going to be talking about Borderlands 3 and uh, all the games that have released since then. So obviously, we've got Control, Astral Chain, uh, we've got Borderlands 3, and then not that long after that, we've got Link's Awakening coming out on Switch on the 20th. There's a lot of exciting stuff to get into in September, so I'm really looking forward to getting into those new games with you on This Week in Video Games. But thank you once again for hanging out with me and chatting about video games. I hope you have a good week. I'll talk to you in a couple of weekends, but for now, I'll see you soon.